Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. And I want to thank you for joining us today as we continue studying the Word of God. I want to give you a couple of ways to reach us. First, by email at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. That's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or you can write us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Again, that's Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. And today we're going to just move forward in this new teaching. And I want to, uh, going to start out today in the book of 1 Corinthians and going to talk about, uh, teachings of Paul. And again, what we're talking about today is as we move from our total and we'll continue, it's basically a continuation of a total dependence on God, because I believe this is where the body of Christ must be. As we enter another phase, another step, another season in the world, in the church, we see that evil has intensified. Everywhere we look, everywhere we turn, we see uh, people fighting on the internet. They're fighting um, uh, uh, wars in Ukraine. They're racial fights. They're family fights. They're marital fights. They're fights in the school. And just so much anger and unresolved issues that people don't know how. And it seems as though we, even in the body of Christ, we don't know how to come together. The scripture says, come, let us reason together. And this was the father speaking to his children. But I believe for all of us, we must have the, the mind that of Christ. And that when we talk about Jesus the Christ, Christ is not Jesus' last name, but it's Christ means the, the anointed one as he is anointing. Jesus was anointed to, to, to set the captive free, to preach the gospel, and to loose men, to open blinded eyes, to and then his main uh, uh, job was to come to earth and reveal, reveal God to men, reveal the kingdom of God. And we know he got on the got on that cross. He willingly got on the cross. He willingly sacrificed his life. He willingly became sin, and he gave up his life. He told uh, uh, Pilate. Uh, when the when the, when the, when the, when the uh, king said, you know, I've got the, your life in my hands, don't you know? But Jesus said, no man taketh my life. He said, I can pick it up and I can lay it down. So as we go today in the book of 1 Corinthians, around the 23rd verse, 1 Corinthians 1, 23, we're going to read about Jesus the Christ and who he is and what he is and must be to us today. This is a very simple message, a simple uh, teaching today. And I just want, but I believe that this, uh, it looks like it. Some people say, well, this, this is just common sense. You know, there's some of the things that you're teaching, but I want to tell you, common sense is not coming. Today, there's so many things that people, we are confronted with that, were, that uh, years ago, uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, there was no doubt about where men and women went to the restroom. There was no doubt that when a child was born, that their sexuality not only was uh, determined by their DNA, but by their, uh, by, by their genitalia. You know, you could look, you look in the mirror, you could look, you know, and you could, the child was, a, uh, when you looked and saw, you saw the, the, the son was born, you know, you saw the baby come out naked and you look and say, oh, my daughter, my son. But now there's so much confusion in the world. 
There's so much, and it's, it should not be confusing, but again, common sense is not common, and it all comes from the evil one, where he wants to cause gender confusion. And if you listen to what I just said, what a, uh, what a simplistic thing that you would think that we as believers and we as men and women and we as a culture, as, uh, uh, as mankind could determine what is a female and what is a male or who or what they are. But it's even come down a political, uh, uh, as they would say, a political beach ball that it, people lob and, you know, calling people names. And you, now if you stand up and say, look, my daughter will go here. My son should go there. That you, It's called hate speech because you would dare to stand up and preach what God said in Genesis 1. Where male and female created he them. And that's not hate speech. That's just the simplicity of what God did for mankind when he brought us in, when he created man. He created Adam. Out of Adam, he brought forth Eve. And these two became, were one flesh. And they brought forth children. And we all, as the DNA says, you can go back in the history of man, that we all came from one man. We all came. DNA says it. But today, it's an argument. It's a de political debate. It's a, 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 some uh, a cities and, and gov governments and some states and some legislatures are, are writing laws about what is and is not. And it's so simple. But I did not come to, to speak on that today. But yet, we as believers must know that we are the children of God and we can't back up in the corner because if we, the good, uh, 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 the salt of the earth, if we, the wisdom of this world, if we, the pillars that are holding up this, uh, uh, this country, this city, you're, you as a believer, you hold up your family, you as a mother, you as a father, you as a son, hold up those people who are connected to you because you have been called for such a time as this. And we cannot back up from what God has called us to do. And, and that's not to preach hate. That's not to, to preach uh, 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 divisiveness. But when it comes down to who we are in the body of Christ and what the word of God says, then we as a people cannot step back and say, well, you know what? That's your life. And it's true. In this nation, you have a right to change your name. You have a right to uh, 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 have a sex change and do all of those things. But when it comes to the word of God, it plainly speaks who we are. But even leaving and talking about gender confusion and all of those things, even talking about who we are as believers, many are now leaving the principal doctrines of Christ. They are leaving the, the, the very basic teachings of who Jesus is, what he came to do, and what he is to us today. For there are some uh, that, that even that in, in, in politics, some in the pulpit, do not even recognize the virgin birth of Christ. They don't recognize that Jesus lived a perfect life. They do not, they do not recognize that the Holy Spirit is in the world today and acting. And, and moving upon men and women, moving through them, children, 
But the scripture says, and, and Jesus said before he left, he said, I pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall, uh, shall dream dreams. Your old men shall see visions. This was over in the New Old Testament, really. But I want to tell you that this is the day that we as believers must establish that Christ is who he said he was. And as we look now in 1 Corinthians one twenty three, this is what Paul was speaking to the Corinthians church. He says, but we preach Christ crucified unto, Jew, unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. So what is Paul saying? He's saying that because Jesus was born on the wrong side of the street, he was born, he was not born in the palace. He wasn't born uh, amongst the rich. He was born in a stable. He was born to a little Jewish girl and, and a Jewish man. And because he didn't go to rabbinical school, but yet he, as John 1 says, he was the word of God made flesh. He, as, as John says, that, that, that grace came. He said the law came by Moses, but grace came by Jesus Christ. Jesus brought the grace of God and he is grace. Because the scripture says, by grace are we saved through faith and that none of ourselves. He is the gift of God. Grace is the gift of God. Salvation is the gift of God. And that grace is Jesus. So as we read on, it says to the Jews, how could this be? When they, if you just go and read the, old, the, the New Testament and read in, read in the Gospels, they were astounded that this man who did not go to college, who did not get the uh, uh, bachelor's and, method, uh, and master's degree, who did not have a PhD, yet he confounded them because their eyes were blinded. Don't be blinded, but beloved. Don't be blinded by what you see. Go to the word and let the word be your foundation. The word should be your, 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 uh, your, your GPS. The word must be our directions. It must be our basis of where we get everything from. Because the time is coming where everything that can fall will fall. I'm talking about leaders. I'm talking about churches. I'm talking about ministries. I'm talking about whatever it is. If it can fall, it will fall. And why can't it fall? Because if it's not based and, and founded upon the rock, it's going to fall. So we read on. It says, and unto the Greeks, foolishness. Unto the world, unto the culture. You look at the teachings of Christ today. Oh, they love him at Christmas. They love him at, at Easter. At Christmas, oh, he's the babe because he came and, and, and he came and brought love. And, you know, we equate that with, you know, giving. And it is. Jesus, because God so loved that he gave. And it is a time that we should celebrate giving and love and sharing. And, 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 and Passover, as, as the, uh, the Roman holiday that, was, that, was, uh, that day was taken over by Christians. And it's now, it's, 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 to us, is Resurrection Day. But as we talk about this, oh, they equate Christ with, you know, it's the time of some say, well, uh, 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 Easter is a time, you know, we recognize that Christ came and he gave his life for all men and he's had such love. But what he did was he died for all men. He became sin. And to the, to, the, to the world, I said, okay, now, you mean a natural man can die for the sins of all men? 
Jesus was not only a man, he was God in the flesh. The Bible says he was God manifested. He was the word. Jesus said in another place, he said, I and my father are one. Why could he say this? Why did he say this? Because he, Jesus came to show us who God was and who God is. God is love. But God is holiness. God is righteousness. God is all the things he told Moses when Moses asked who he was. He said, tell them I am that I am. I am God. I am Lord. I am the creator of all things. I speak those things that are not as though they were. I speak those things before they come to pass. He said, I'll tell you of them. And that's over in uh, the book of Isaiah, chapters 41, 2 and 3. But what we're talking about today, again, we're talking about who Jesus is. He is the Christ. He is the anointing. So verse number 24 says, But unto them which are called, both Jew and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because we have his seed in us. His seed being the word, his seed being, being the Holy Spirit. We just don't have the spirit, a spirit of God. We have the spirit of God. The Holy Ghost is, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God. And it resides in every believer. And as we read on to, and, and today, and we read the scripture, Paul wanted to, to, to just uh, edify the, the Corinthian church about who Christ was, who Christ is, who Christ shall always be. He is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. That's why over in 1 John, it, uh, uh, the writer says that we know all things for we have an unction from the Holy One. We have an unction from Jesus speaking through the Holy Spirit to our spirit, giving us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We know all things. It's, it's in your spirit. Everything you will need in this earth, every, every decision you need to make, Christ is there to help you to make it. Every question, every quandary, every puzzlement that may be, may be come to you. The book of 1 John said you know all things. I believe it's John uh, 220. You know all things. We know all things because of him. And that's why as we uh, transitioned to this teaching, if we just go back to our last teaching in total dependence upon God, when we go to God for our wisdom, we go to God for our knowledge, we go to God for our decisions, we take the little things. For scripture says, it's the little things, little foxes, that spoil the vine. Think about that. It's the little things that when we, uh, as I've given an example of, of so many times when, you know, when we're doing things and we say, well, you know, this is so small, I got this. And then it turns into a quandary. It turns into a, a swamp. It turns into a, a puzzlement. And you wonder, how did I get here? How did this argument, how did this one statement cause a, 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 a divorce? You go from one statement and it gets bigger and bigger and go bigger and bigger. And the silence and all the, the, the arguing and the debates and all of these things grew just because one person, or rather two people, take two people to argue. But because these, this one little thing, let, they let become between them. This is what happened to Adam and Eve. It happened to Eve, rather. Eve was deceived. She was deceived because, she, because of unbelief. 
the seed of unbelief. The enemy in Genesis 3 calls her. I'm not going to go there, but around Genesis 3, 15, right around in that, in that uh, uh, chapter, Satan deceives her and calls her to doubt that she had what she already had. She already was walking as a God. She was, walk, she was a God-like person, she and Adam. They had power and authority and dominion. They had something that even the angels didn't have. The angels were given an assignment. Adam and Eve were given assignment and dominion. But because of unbelief, the seed of unbelief was sown in her heart. And that was the seed of sin. Unbelief kicked off sin and it has spread like a cancer down through the ages. Even now, even in, in some of us, sometimes we, and in my, myself, you know, because of ignorance, because of uh, disobedience, because of, 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 of not knowing. Or, or, or uh, I would say, I wouldn't call it, I'll call it another way. Sometimes we get where we're complacent. We get, we get complacent in the things that we do. You know, we don't stay on the, we don't continue to pray. We don't uh, read our Bible. You know, we just sort of relax a little bit. And I'm not saying you got to be on, uh, you got to be on God 24 hours a day. That's the Holy Spirit. Jesus was going to protect us and the angels and the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us in the old truth. But what I am saying is we must learn how to walk in the spirit and know for a truth that as we walk in this life, we have everything that we need. We have the power of God, which is Christ, and the wisdom of God, which is Christ. And as we think about these things, we're going to keep going on. <laughs> I got bogged down here a little bit. But now in uh, the book of, still in the same book, 25th uh, verse of this first chapter of Corinthians, it says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. God will give, he will just speak a word. One word from God can change your entire life. The Hebrews, the Jews, they, they, they wanted, they, that's what they, they, they loved. They, they wanted the prophet to bring them a word. That's why when they went to him, I went to uh, uh, the prophet or to her. There were prophets, uh, women prophets in the Old Testament. But what I'm saying is they recognize the blessedness of of. Going to the prophet and getting a word from God. And that word could change your entire life. It could change your destiny. That's what Samuel did. When Samuel spoke to David and told him who he was, that changed his destiny. His whole destiny was changed because Samuel anointed him and told him who he was. And from that day forward, David was never the same. And see, but today, what men and women do now, God prophets still are in the New Testament. They are. But it's a different office, a different day. And now we still are going, many are still are going to the prophet and say, oh, do you have a word? You as a New Testament believer have the word of God in you. You have the spirit in you. The only thing you need to do is draw it out. The job of the prophet is spoken of to bring edification confident exhortation. That's what they do. And of course we know there are prophets who are, who bring forth and preach the word also. 
But our job today is to have our own personal relationship with God so that when there is no prophet around, when there is no, uh, uh, when, the, when the preacher's not around, when the evangelist's not around, you as a New Testament believer have your own relationship. Now you can go to the Father, praying in the Holy Spirit, drawing out that wisdom, trusting God will speak to you as he said he would. He said, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. They know my voice. They recognize my voice. And a stranger they will not follow. But it takes so much. If you just would, if we, if we begin to ingest and remember the word that was spoken over us. And I'm talking about that word of God. Not only the word of the prophet, but the word that was spoken by holy men as they were unctioned by the Holy Spirit, wrote the word. They wrote it down. They wrote it in scripts. From Genesis all the way to Revelation, these were men who wrote the word as they received an unction from the Holy Spirit. And we know it today as the word of God or the Bible. So let's read on. Verse number 26, it says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise men are after the flesh, and not many mighty, and not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound those things which are mighty. God has taken 12 men, 11 after Judas was, uh, after Judas uh, betrayed Christ. And these men turned the world right side Many of them were, they were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were just, they were just plain people. They took the word and spread it. They took the word. And I heard in one place, that can you imagine the angels having seen Peter and John and, and Nathaniel and all of the, all of the disciples and how they acted and how they responded. And Jesus constantly had to remind them of what his, what his, uh, what his plan, what God, the plan of God was for him. He told him that he would go. He had come, but shortly he would leave and depart. And that he would be crucified and rise again the third day. But they couldn't get it. And then even after he had told them nights before, I'm going to rise again. They didn't get it. It was only after he was crucified only after they saw him and beheld him and touched his hand and touched the wound in his side. Only after did they begin to recognize that this was God. What he said is true. What he said has come to pass. These things happen because of men dedicated their lives, women dedicated their lives to following God and recognizing who Jesus is. He is the Christ. He is the Christ. He is the Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. And it goes on to say, it says that, and the base things and the things which are despised, God has chosen. Scripture says he chose, he, he let the, by the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel. The world sees the, sees the church and, and the words that men and women who are called by God to them to get up and proclaim the word of God. Even, and for all of us, and not just for the preachers, not just for the prophet, and not just for the evangelists, but it's for us. 
to take the words what we've heard, the words which we read, apply them to our lives, and then exemplify it by walking in it, by walking in his promise of holiness, righteousness, and sanctification. Not by the outward man, but by the inward man. As I've often said, it's an inside job because we're sanctified on the inside because by him. We are righteous because of him. We are holy because of him. No, it's not by the thing that you drape on the outside. It's because you've covered yourself and clothed yourself in righteousness and holiness because we received him. And it goes on to say in the ninth verse that, Maybe to, uh, uh, rest of 20 again, he said, And the base things of the world which are despised, God has chosen. Yea, those things which are not, to bring to naught those things that are. That no flesh shall glory in his presence. Your holiness is not dependent upon your action. Your, holy, your righteousness doesn't come about because you do right things. Your sanctification is not, uh, you're not sanctified because of how you dress. Because you don't wear makeup or jewelry, you don't wear uh, uh, tight clothes, you know, you don't wear the, 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 the no clothes at the beach. That doesn't make you sanctified. You are sanctified through the washing of the water of the word. Who and what is the word? Jesus is the word. He is the sanctifier. He is the, he is the one that makes us holy. We are righteous because he's righteous. Scripture says our righteousness outside of Christ is his filthy rags. But in Christ, I'm holy. In Christ, I'm sanctified. In Christ, I am righteous. And it goes on to say, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us, what? Christ is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Jesus is all of those things. Christ is our wisdom. Christ is our righteousness. Christ is our sanctification. And Christ is our redemption. Let me read it again. But of him are ye in Christ. Because I'm in him. And we read last week, uh, the book of Galatians 2.20. Paul said, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Jesus is our faith. We're riding on his faith because his faith does not fail. It will not fail. It cannot fail. If he spoke a word, it shall come to pass. What we need to do, cooperate. God's not going to go beyond your will. That's the one thing he gave us. We have a will. You choose. That's why Joshua told the children of Israel when they came into the land of promise, their land of blessing. Their land more than enough that flowed with milk and honey. That where they lived in giants' houses. Where they had fields and houses that they did not build. Cities that they did not build. They occupied them because God said they were. And today men despise and rail against a prosperity. What would you have us to do? Look for poverty? What kind of example is that? That we say we serve a God of love and kindness. We serve a God that's blessed and holy. And yet he let his children starve. God said, I count on a thousand hills. If I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. He said, I count on a thousand hills belong to me. And to finish this up, he says, again, Christ Jesus, 
who is who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. All of those things Jesus is, and so are we, because we are in Him. If you are dependent upon your wisdom, for if you depend on yourself for your you you getting the answers. If you are dependent upon your your self righteousness. If you are dependent upon your sanctification and your thing that you do to be redeemed, you don't recognize the body, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. You disallow Jesus. Jesus might as well have not have come if, if I have to depend on my righteousness. No. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are the, right, we are the wisdom of God in Christ. We are the sanctification and redemption. And the end of this chapter says that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Why would I glory in the Lord? Because all that I have, all that I'll ever be, all that all of the good things that I accomplish, will accomplish, and have accomplished, anything that you do, if it's good, it's God. If something good happens, it's God having favor on me. Because at the snap of his finger, if he just took your breath away, you will not see tomorrow. But scripture says, his grace, his mercies are renewed every day. Father, we thank you for this word today. We thank you for everyone who would take time out to listen. And we pray that we all, Lord, Lord, will learn more about who Christ is. Jesus is our answer, and we thank you for him. I pray for every person who may be lost and listen to this broadcast. I pray, Lord, that they would learn and they would begin to know that Jesus came to die for us. He took on all of our sins. Therefore, I don't have to carry my sins. Yes, all of us, we have missed the mark and will miss it. But the difference between the, uh, the unbeliever and the believer is we have been forgiven. I pray that you would speak this uh, prayer after me. Father, I come to you now. You know the life that I have lived. You know the things that I have done. But yet you send your son for me. Thank you for Jesus dying for me and taking all of my sins. His blood was shed for me. And I receive it by faith. I receive him as my Lord and my Savior and my God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for I too now can come boldly to the Father. And I can ask in your name of all the things that, that, that I desire and have been promised to me by grace through faith. We thank you for all things, Jesus. And we give you praise and we give you the glory for you are good. You are kind. You are wonderful. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen.